Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 389. And today, I'm excited because I'm going to share with you an interview that I did with a guy that I met at Seller Summit. His name is Kevin Sanderson, who actually emailed me before going to Seller Summit. The cool thing is, is he originally started this business or his business as a side hustle, and he also raised the money to get started by taking the earnings from another side gig that he had, which was a football referee, a high school football referee, and he took that money from one season and then he invested it in his first private label product. And he's going to go through exactly what it was like to go through that process and really also talking about something that I'm a I'm a huge fan of his mindset and he was talking a lot about the head trash that was going on in his head that was really in his way and kind of how he got through that and kind of how he overcame that. But uh, I think you're going to get a lot out of this because you're going to be able to hear, number one, how we all have these thoughts of, you know, when should I start? Is this thing really going to work for me? When should I start? And all of, you know, all of this stuff that's going on in our head, you're going to listen to how he had those same thoughts, how he got through those. And the other thing that you're going to find is he also had almost like a validation point for him or something that said, yes, this thing actually works and how he was able to earn his first dollar, run into the room, celebrate with his wife and his kids, and literally, it was a small amount, but it was that one thing that really made it you know, real for him, and I've said that all along, all we need to do is get you started, get you your first sale, to really let you know that you can do this. And actually, this is one of the main reasons that I decided to create what we call 1K Fast Track. And that is a course that walks you through in five weeks exactly how to earn that first dollar. And I mean, honestly, we have our students in the 1K Fast Track that are doing their first dollar in the first seven days. Like we've had people that have made over $500 in their first seven days. But again, it's how to get started, how to get unstuck is the big thing. And you'll hear in this interview with Kevin exactly how he was able to do that. You'll also hear, like I said earlier, that he took his referee money for one season and then invested that in his private label business. If you want to raise money in order to start your private label business, well, the 1K Fast Track will help you do that as well. That's another reason why we created that because some people don't have enough capital to start and they want to raise some capital. This is a great way to, number one, do that, but also then get you started in the process. And it's very similar to what Kevin has done here. So again, if you want some more information on that, head over to 1kfasttrack.com. You'll get all the details there. All right, so guys, I'm going to stop talking so you can enjoy this interview that I did with Kevin and listen to all the ins and the outs of what he went through as he started his own private label business. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Well, hey, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Scott. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited. We met in in person in at uh, the Sellers Summit uh, in Fort Lauderdale, which was pretty awesome. And uh, your story really, uh, it, it was really interesting, uh, to, to say the least, because, uh, well, I'm going to let you explain it, but, um, you know, how you actually 
you know, kind of like in your mind said, you know what, this is how I'm going to figure out how to get the money in order to start my private label business. So before we jump into that, tell us a little bit about Kevin and, uh, and kind of what you are doing now and maybe what you did in the past, um, just so people have a little bit of a background on you. That was a great question. And, uh, it was really great meeting you at a seller summit. Um, but just going back into my own story. So, um, I've got a full-time job and, I've been looking for a long time to find some sort of side hustle. It's just been a, a, a fire I've had inside of me sure. for a while. And um, I remember, and, and I'm going to go back a few years, because my, my journey to get where I am now probably took longer than it really needed to. Okay. Um, so I wanted to find a viable side hustle. And I remember getting an iPhone. This is years ago. Okay. And finding the, the podcast app. And, um, I found smart passive income. Oh, okay. And I, yeah. So Pat Flynn's podcast, and it really just kind of inspired me to look into this, this world of, you know, online, you could actually make money doing something honestly and with integrity. And I, I had trouble wrapping my head around like, what was something that I could do that would actually be viable that could work that had like a, at least in my head, a clear path. And, um, I dabbled in a couple of different side projects and, you know, varying levels of success, you know, it really, if at all. Um, and and it came down to about two years ago, I, um, I started deciding, you know, maybe I needed to go more the physical products route. Like Mm -hmm. maybe just my brain could wrap its itself around that concept a little bit more. Sure. So I was glad to have found your podcast and, um, I, I really, caught on to, you know, the way you were presenting it in a way of, okay, did you, you take a product, you find a product that there's a market for, you source it, you put it on Amazon. I mean, it was pretty simple. And I, I liked the way you were very straightforward mm-hmm. in the steps. Yep. Yep. Um, and I knew I needed to get kind of that first sale. And sure. a lot of people talk about, you know, once you get that sale, like there's a light switch that, that clicks on. Oh yeah. And, and that was definitely the case for me. So I remember um, before I, you know, even got into the private label side of things, I wanted to dabble a little bit in RA, okay, in retail arbitrage. Yep, yep. So I remember going to Walgreens and they were closing out their summer stuff. This is about two years ago. Okay. And I, I got a bunch of things, and, and I remember getting one of those frozen koozie things that you'd put in a, a cooler to keep, you know, four to six cans cold. Sure. And I remember sending those and a few other things to Amazon and I was looking at the app and saw that the inventory was checked in and I got a sale that okay. night. Okay. I mean, now it, That's, it wasn't anything that I was going to retire off of. No, no, but it was uh, it was that one thing that we talk about, right? It's like you 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 put something up and you're like, "Ah, I don't know. I'll just give it a shot." And then you did and and it sold. Now, was this fulfilled by Amazon or was this uh, fulfilled by Merchant? Oh, this was definitely fulfilled by Amazon. So okay, so you did the whole process. You're gonna you're gonna ship it in. It's got to mm-hmm. get checked in, and then from there, it's gonna be live on that listing. Of course, I mean, when you're doing a RA or OA, you're basically taking a product that's already selling on someone else's listing, a brand, usually a major brand, and then you're just selling one of their of their products. Basically, exactly, exactly. And and I remember seeing the the sale was made, and it was like just this intense rush of adrenaline. 
Mm. And I, I was in the bedroom looking at my phone and I go running into the living room where my wife was. And I just kind of like said, look, you have to see this. And I basically <laughs> almost threw the phone at her and she's like, well, oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I, that's it, funny. Oh yeah. And it was one of those things that I just realized at that point I was hooked. I, I yeah. had to do this. I had to find a way to create my own brand and do this and make it into something I could really grow. Like it was mm. just, and they say that that light switch goes on and it did like for me, it was like, Oh wow, I really need to do this. So this was the summertime about two years ago. And, um, on the side, I'm a referee for, um, high school football. Mm, so yeah. American style high school football. Cause I know you have people that listen to this from sure. other countries. So, um, you know, I had my black and white striped shirt on and, uh, I decided for every game I was going to um, officiate, as we refer to it as, um, I was going to take that money I earned, which is not huge, but I was just going to put it off to the side because, you know, sure. you always talk about you need to find some way of, you know, getting whatever it is that you need to get started. Yep. Yep. And the key is just getting started. Mm. So, you know, when coaches would get in my face, which they do. Um, in, oh, yeah. in football and, uh, you know, sometimes there's nights that you're out in the middle of the rain and I always do it cause I love doing it anyway, but it just added an extra incentive for me. Mm. Like, okay, everything I'm doing, it's for a purpose, right. uh, not just doing it cause I like doing it, but doing it because I'm using this money for my first product. Yeah. So I got my first, uh, got enough money to get an, an initial order of about 200 units of a product that I found and put it up on Amazon in February of last year. I started trickling in a few sales and, um, you know, basically taking that money, reinvesting it and, uh, you know, just really finding ways to just kind of, the way I like to think of it is cast a wider net. Mm-hmm. And now I'm to a point that I've got eight SKUs up, um, looking to add more SKUs. I'm on Amazon in the U.S., Canada, U.K., Germany. Got my own website and eBay and Jet. Although most of the sales come from Amazon, of wow. course, in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now now I want to back up and unpack a little bit of what happened there because Please. okay, yeah, and I mean you were. Uh, a referee, you are still a referee, yes. right? You still love it. You yes. enjoy it. And it's funny. We were, uh, when we were talking at seller summit, um, my good friend, Jim, that was with us, you know, he was taught, he was showing interest and you're like, Oh, well, you can, you can absolutely start to referee. And you got excited about it. So I know that you genuinely yeah. love what you do. Um, and it was just a byproduct because you're like, you know what? I can take this money that is really you're doing you were doing it at the time too for like probably some extra extra money right I mean everyone likes mm-hmm. to have a little bit extra money and you're like but if I took sure. I don't depend on this money I can put this money to the side even just for one season and then take that money and reinvest it and that's kind of what you did and I love that um, because you paused for a second you you had the RA thing kind of going that got the that got the the light bulb to go on but then you mm-hmm. taking that you know that I guess momentum in a sense and said you know what I'm gonna go ahead now and do some private label because you've seen that if I find something that sells and it continues to sell, that's really what I want what I want to be doing because that's kind of like a digital product in a sense. Like you just find something that's selling and then just you continue to sell it. And and I love that. So let's unpack a little bit. What was that process like for you? Because it sounds great. Yeah, I just I did, did refereeing and I made some money and then I just bought a product and <laughs> put it up there, 200 units. It was great, easy. Um, give me a little bit of the process. 
Like, let's let's dig through that a little bit. Like, so how long did it take you to discover that first product that you were willing to go in on? That's a great question. Um, so the first product I, I went in on, it, it definitely was not one of those things where um, I just went online, saw, oh, this is a good product, and and bought it. I mean, it, right. was, it was a lot of researching into it. Um, to be completely honest, I probably overanalyzed the thing to death. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens and, to all of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a, I'm, I'm actually this afternoon about to do a, a wire transfer to China for um, a, a different product. And the feeling of, oh, my gosh, I'm submitting money to another country. I'm not sure mm. if I'm ever going to see it in, or not. Yeah. It never really goes away. No. But as far as the process of finding that product, I mean, it was I had myself down to one product I really wanted to do. And I had trouble getting the numbers to work out the way I wanted them to. Mm-hmm. And I think what I ended up doing, if I remember correctly, was I happened to be on Alibaba and I saw like, OK, here's this particular product I'm going for. Um, but then there was like suggested other products. Oh yeah, yeah. They were showing, mm-hmm. and there was one that caught my eye, and I started looking into the numbers on it, and I used Jungle Scout, uh, mm-hmm. and so I looked it up on Amazon and had a Jungle Scout report from the extension, and uh, saw okay, this could be a viable product, and I went back and forth, you know, found a couple different suppliers, you know, found two I liked. Um, I got samples in on both of those suppliers and then I decided between the two, which one I wanted to go with. But I mean, I remember along the way, there were days where I was saying to myself, oh, this is great. This is going to work perfect. And then waking up the next morning and saying, there's no way this is going to (laughs) work. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's a, that's a normal feeling as well. You, you get yeah. a, you get a you get a high with it, right? And then you're like, oh, everything's. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, but I don't know because, you know, is it is it what I think it is? Am I missing something? Uh, and I think that's totally normal. Oh yeah, and it's 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 crazy because it was like from going to bed the night before to the next morning, like there was nothing that changed. You know? Right. Right. Yeah, it was just you know that. No, that-, that- that, that little voice inside your head. It sure. never really truly goes away. You just learn to manage it better. Right. So, okay. So you, you got to that point. What, what, what do you think allowed you to keep pushing forward when you had those doubts? Cause I think a lot of people go through those doubts and then they may just end up not doing it then because it's safer, right? It's safer to just say, you mm-hmm. know what? Um, I'm just going to stay safe and this way I won't fail because I, I didn't do anything. Right. Um, right. what, what, what do you think pushed you to actually make, you know, to make it happen? Well, for me, it was having a, a clear why, and I had to really work on that one for a while. So, um, going a little bit farther back into my own story, um, I, I currently work in the insurance industry mm-hmm. and the way I got into the insurance industry was, um, a friend of mine who I work with now had suggested that I get an insurance license just as a back in my days when I was looking for a side hustle to do insurance as somewhat of a side hustle. And I was working in a, a large company that got bought out by another large company and my position didn't exist in the new company. And so mm. over time, eventually I ended up, uh, unfortunately, um, losing that position and 
the thing that I think probably helped me the most was the fact that I was already working on an insurance license. So I already had another log in the fire, so to speak. Gotcha. Yeah. And so uh, I look at it as now, um, you know, what I'm doing selling online is basically an insurance policy on my financial future. Um, and so what's even, I think kind of deeper than that is it provides options. Hmm. So just to me, it's really important to have options that if something does come up or, you know, I can, you know, continue working if, you know, I, I enjoy it um, or if, you know, get to a point where I don't enjoy it, then, you know, hopefully one day I have enough money coming into the business that, you know, I could make the decision if do I want to continue working or not. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like you said, it's it's options, right? You want to be able to have mm-hmm. that option that and and I think it's. You know, everyone looks at like a job as security, but it's really not because if you think about it, like you said, you were bought out by a bigger company, then they got rid of your position. And now what? You either have to go down on the totem pole, right? Take a pay cut, Mm -hmm. whatever, go down and you have to either accept it or not, or you have to go look for another job at another bigger company. Um, So, you know, a lot of people look at as a job as security. And in, in some sense, yes, you get a paycheck every week if you're employed, but who's, who knows that that job position is going to be there a year from now? You don't know, especially in a larger company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love I love that because, you know, for people that are just starting, it's it's very similar when you're thinking to yourself having your own business. And I, I always tell people, like, having your own business is not for everyone because, you know, the I guess the, you know, the, the stress or whatever of a big company that has employees is kind of yours now because you are the company. Um, right. Now, you might not be employing people at this stage of the game, but you could. But in this case, it all comes down to you. Me personally, I like it better because then it, it's my decision, right? It's my decision. If I want to get a raise or, you know, if I want to, you know, make more money next year, it means I have to figure out a way to do it through what I'm doing now online or any, you know, additional, you know, investments that I'm doing, whatever. It's kind of my decision to do it. And it all comes down to me. Um, so that's Mm -hmm. why I like it. But yeah, I think people that are listening, I mean, just the mindset is huge in, in us, you know, being able to move forward and you were able Mm -hmm. to push yourself through it. You had your why you had, you know, you've had some issues in your, in your work life that kind of made you come to these decisions and create these whys. Um, and I think everyone has those. Um, so you, you kind of, okay. At at this point though, you push through, you, you have you have a strong why you, you want to basically you're in the insurance company or in the insurance business so you're saying to yourself I want to create my own insurance policy I'm going to create a nice little business <laughs> right so you started yep. with 200 units um, how was the process from from you made the decision you put the money down you got your product was there any hiccups in that process initially there weren't too many hiccups there other than I think I probably waited longer than I needed to okay. That's not I mean, really a huge hiccup, but it's it's a delay, right? Yes. I mean, I think there was, you know, a little bit of that head trash, I guess you could call yep, it, of yep. like, well, let's just keep looking into this. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, what if? Yeah. There's there's probably a lot of that. Um, I mean, I, I could share with you, I've had some challenges along the way. Um, but you know, in that initial order, I would say there wasn't necessarily um many huge challenges that weren't made up in my head. Okay. So, I so I, I mean, to, to boil it down, the, really the struggle was you getting in your own way. Yes. Okay. Okay. So then as far as getting the order and everything in, um, 
did you go by air on that? Did you ship that by air? I'm assuming. Oh yes. Okay. Shipped by air. Um, well, actually, I, I could say this: there there were a few things along the way. Now that I think back to it, so um, you know, some of the units came in damaged. Okay. And so I had to learn to request some, you know, extra. Um, basically the packaging that it comes in. Sure. And then I came to realize what I was, what I had ordered wasn't really going to work in Amazon's warehouse. Like I couldn't have just shipped it. So mm, okay. um, what I had to do is I ended up uh, polybagging what it was okay. um, and then putting on a sticker. But there's, I, I've heard this before and I, I've found this really to be the case that, you know, whether you want to say the universe or whatever will conspire to help you mm. if you're taking action. Sure. So I, um, you know, I, and I've had this happen a few times in this where I wasn't really sure what to do, but started along a path and then the, um, the solution found itself, you know, whereas if I had waited forever saying, well, until I figure out the packaging or figure out how I'm going to get this to the warehouse before hitting the button, to submit the, uh, transferring the funds, I, yeah. I, I probably wouldn't have ever gotten started, yep. but there's something about when you're on the clock <laughs> yeah. and you know, it's coming, you got to figure it out. You magically, you find a way to figure it out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I agree with that. So, okay. So you, you get the product, um, you're now, did you have a ship directly to you or do you ship it directly into Amazon? I'm assuming to yourself. Cause you said you had to make some adjustments, right? Yes. I, um, probably I'm a little bit of a control freak in that regard. And I, I do send everything still to myself. Okay. Um, I, I hire some local people to help me with the, uh, um, you know, some of the, the work we need to do to prep it. Uh, but I, I do at this point still bring everything, at least U S based okay. to, to my house. Okay. So okay. So now you, you get the product, it gets landed in Amazon. Then what's your, What's your, okay, I'm here, Amazon, now start selling some units. Like, how did you launch that product? Well, at the time, um, you could do incentivized reviews, which okay. wasn't a word that people referred to back then. But right. I would, at the time, what I was doing was I was reaching out to um, top 10,000 reviewers and just saying, hey, would you be interested in... Um, in, in, in trying out this product and giving your honest feedback. Okay. Okay. And I found just even having a couple of reviews was enough to get the juice going. But let me ask you this though, Kevin. Okay. Cause now mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're right. Okay. Like incentivized reviews. And I never really called them that because I was always doing it for the purpose of getting a sale. Let me ask you this. How many reviews did your competitors have versus what you, you know, you had zero. They had, how many reviews did they have? Uh, you know, I, I mean, an average on, on page one. Um, I was going after probably more base hits than home runs. Okay. Um, and so the ones I was going after, maybe like 30 to 70 reviews. Okay. So my, my point is this. I, I don't necessarily think just because you had two reviews versus zero reviews and that would have helped you. But again, that's kind of what we were all thinking at the time. Like, okay. I got to right. have some some reviews. I think what helped you was you had a sale generated through Amazon. And then that starts yes. to get that momentum. So, you know, even though in the, you know, back in the day, six months ago, eight months ago, <laughs> right? You know, back in the day, you know, we would do a giveaway and our, you know, 
our reasoning was, well, we want to get some reviews and we want to get some sales. Um, but I've always looked at it like I just want to let Amazon know that I'm here and I'm on the radar now. So whether that's through doing a giveaway of some kind and getting five sales a day, 10 sales a day, whatever it is, that starts to get you in indexed, you know, it starts to get you in the system, mm -hmm. in, into the algorithm. So, um, I mean, I think that by you doing that, I think what really jumpstarted your, your sales was sales. Um, and I think the yeah. reviews, yes, that could have helped you convert an extra person out of 10, right? Or a hundred or whatever it was, right? It could have given you a bit, a little bit of a better conversion rate, but I don't think anything would have changed. Um, if we look, if we would have looked at it like, okay, I'm doing this for sales and the reviews will follow and I'll get them. Now, don't get me wrong. If you get a handful of reviews, yes, that's going to help you. But, um, I still think that getting the algorithm kind of moving in your direction and getting yourself indexed and all that stuff. That's why I'm a big fan of starting with pay-per-click, you know, because when you start with pay-per-click, you start to get, you start to give Amazon some money for these keywords that you want to rank for. And you start getting people to click for that keyword and that leads to your your listing and then hopefully turn into a sale and then that can start to get that momentum as well um so i just want people to know that you know like you did it that way i did it that like we all did it that way but i don't think it really changed just our thought process of why we're doing it has changed does that make sense yeah that makes perfect sense and you know i've got a, a couple new products coming on board so um here soon and so I have to totally flip my uh, launch strategy from what it used to be. Mm. And you know, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That a lot of it is really just priming the pump, so to speak, yep. with the algorithm. Yep. Yep. You know, if Amazon notices you, then you're more likely to get um, more impressions. And so if people are buying off of those impressions, then you get more impressions. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of builds up, especially when you're first starting with that product. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we're doing it right now in, in a new brand that we started about, oh gosh, maybe two months ago now. And we've got about five SKUs in there. Uh, actually, two of them are, are fairly new, like in the past week and a half. Uh, actually, it was funny. I was in Mexico recently on a little mini vacation and uh, we had two products launched while I was gone. And um, I had to stay away from the computer because I was trying to unplug. But it was pretty exciting to come back and to see that we've got some pretty good momentum right now going. And it basically was from us, you know, giving a 50% dis discount. It wasn't even a 90% discount like we used to do. It was 50% off. Um, mm -hmm. And we did it. And we did it two different ways. We did it through our own email list. And we also did it through a Facebook Live because the one brand that we have is has got a front person. But, you know, I'm not doing anything different other than just, I'm like you said, priming the pump. That's it. That's mm -hmm. all we're doing. And that's all I think anyone really has to do. Um, we are running pay-per-click. I mean, of course, we're going to start doing mm -hmm. that like immediately. And I think everyone should, whether you spend $10 a day or $100 a day, you should have something there to, to continually bring traffic to those, um, you know, to those keywords and stuff that you want to start to eventually rank for. Um, so, yeah. So moving forward, um, you know, so your plans are to what then to just do like a little mini launch? Like, are you still going after products that have low reviews but have steady sales? Uh, yes, that's, that's still kind of my overall philosophy, yep. um, is, you know, continue going in that general direction. And I, I, I really think reviews are becoming less important than they probably mm. were a while back. 
because probably less people are doing, you know, as many, yeah. like, you know, trying to get like a hundred reviews to get started. Sure. So I, I think the, it's more just social proof element. As long mm-hmm. as there's some social proof and people can say, oh, someone else bought this and liked it. So it must be a good product. Mm. That's, I think, where a lot of it is. But I mean, to your point, I think it's probably more important to have sales. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I agree with that 100%. Now, these new orders that you're doing, how many are you starting with with those? Um, so I, I generally probably am in the about 500 units Okay. when I start off with a product. Okay. Yeah. And that's, I mean, to, you know, to be honest, that, that's pretty much what we've been doing with this new brand. We start with about 500. Mm-hmm. Um, we went as high as 1500, but just because we had to for a minimum order quantity. Um, but mm. you know, the price, the price point was between four and, and $5. So, you know, yes, it's a, it's a, it's an investment up front, but, and we feel pretty strongly about the product, but for most of them, we've been getting, you know, 500 units. Uh, I think one, we even did, um, a little bit less, um, than that. Uh, but again, I, people ask me all the time, like Scott, you know, can you really only order 500? It seems like everyone wants you to do a thousand. And I mean, we've done, let's see, five SKUs right now. And they all been all, all but one have been 500 or less. Um, so you just have to ask and you have to negotiate that. And you have to understand too, that you're going to probably pay a little bit more for the, you know, per piece cost than you will when you start to order a thousand, three thousand and higher. Um, but um, so you're now this new product, though, are, is it going to be a, a variation of one? Is it going to be two separate, completely separate products? Well, um, so I've got two separate products. One is kind of a variation of something else. And then I'm going to have another product that's going to be uh, quantity variations. OK, got you. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. OK. And then. One tip I could give to people is if if you do anything that's like variations of one another, if it's, let's say, garlic press, for example, and, you know, you have one that's a stainless steel handle and one that's a black handle, and maybe people want both, try bundling it together with just even a small amount of units where they're, you know, their own skew with the two together. And it's amazing sometimes how many you'll sell of that. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with that too. And I, and like, I think going back to even the quantity, right? If you have a, if you have something that can sell in, in a three pack, a five pack, it's an easy variation and you can give people more options to uh, mm-hmm. kind of upsell themselves as well. Cause you have a better deal maybe on the five pack than you did on the three pack. Yeah, exactly. And it's amazing. A lot of times you s- still end up making more money depending on what the weight is for the uh, fulfillment fee. You know, sometimes you can actually end up doing better by selling larger quantities because you're not really paying three fulfillment fees. You're just paying one. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's kind of dig in a little bit more to like the launch though. Okay. So like these, these next products that you're going to do, like what's the game plan? Like, so what's in your head? What do you got? You know, what are you going to do to get those first set of sales? Are you turning on pay-per-click right away? Like just lead us through that really quickly. Cause that'll be more current of what's what we're doing here to launch. Yes. Uh, so my main thing is going to be just get some initial sales. So it is going to be turning on pay-per-click. Um, sure. Even if I'm at a loss, it's okay because it's really yep. more about the long-term play. Thinking yep. of this is more of a marathon than necessarily a sprint. And yep. um, trying to start building up a launch list for future products. So 
Mm-hmm. I've had a few sales on my own website, not a lot. So I'm going to use those email addresses I have, um, as well as anyone that's been pixeled on my site, um, as well as anyone that's been pixeled on my site, um, do some Facebook advertising to them, um, and then just start finding people that would be interested in the type of product that I have and see if they'd be interested in a similar product, kind of the same strategy you've talked about, do a giveaway of something. It's not even necessarily that product, but something that would be impactful to people who would like that product. And then, oh, Mm. by the way, you could also purchase this now at a discount. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, that's been working great for us. And, uh, I mean, it's one of those things where you have to, the only way that it really works is if you align your product or your product aligns with something else. And I always use the fishing example and someone called me out on it like, Scott, you're not much of a fisherman. You actually don't know what you're talking about. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm okay with that. Uh, it was funny. He was, he was busting on me. He's like, uh, are, are you, are you really, uh, you know, pretending not to know, or do you really not know? And I'm like, no, I really don't know. Um, but, uh, it, it's a good example, but I was talking about being a bass fisherman, but let, let's just say that, you know, you're just an avid fisherman in general, you know, you might sell that tackle box, and you're going to now say, okay, what would that, you know, fisherman really, really, what would get their attention? And maybe it's the new, you know, 2017 fishing pole that just came out and maybe they had, you know, a big write-up in one of the fishing magazines, right? It's this hot product. I would go after that product and then add my, you know, add my tackle box to it, then maybe a fishing net and then maybe, uh, you know, something else, a vest, something like mm-hmm. that. And I would make that the, the prize. And then I would do that for 30 days and then build that list. And then on the back end of that, that's where you would say, oh, by the way, you know, we have, an, we have a discount on our, you know, tackle box, 50% off because you guys entered, you didn't win, but, you know, because not everyone's going to win. You're going to have one winner out of a thousand people or more. You know, you've got all those other people that are interested in fishing. They just didn't win and they wanted to win all of those prizes. Um, and and that, that's worked really well. And then, like you said, then doing the Facebook pixel. And if anyone's listening to this, they're like, what the heck are you talking about? Um, you know, it, you don't have to understand all of that. What you have to understand is that you have to have a great offer. Yeah. And that great offer is going to bring the people in. And then on the back end of that, you're going to have an email list that you can do a whole bunch of really cool things with. Um, but in your case, you know, I think... You know, well, let, let me ask you this, sure. you know, while we're kind of here and we're, we're chatting back and forth about your upcoming launch, um, how many sales on page one is your competition getting right now if you were to give an average on page one? Um, of the products, the ones that are coming up, anywhere between seven to 12. Okay, that's perfect. So now to get ranked on page one, we got to get seven to 12 sales. A day. Mm-hmm. It's basically what we get. That, that's what we got to do. We got to match that. Now, the one way to do it is you go out there and you can give away some product, whether you can find a, maybe you find a group, right? You find a Facebook group that already has the audience. You don't even have to build it. Mm-hmm. And you reach out to the admin and you go, hey, I've got this product. I'm willing to give your, your listeners, you know, 50% off and, you know, I'll send you one for free so you can have it. They might say, yeah, but we want to charge you 150 bucks. Okay. You know, so now all of a sudden you're going to get in front of their audience. You know that they're targeted. But really, it's all about how do I get seven to 12 sales a day consistently for, I don't know, maybe two weeks. You know, mm-hmm. if you can do that, you're going to then show Amazon that you're getting sales and you're obviously you're going to be optimized because you've already, you know, you've already optimized your listing. and You're going to start to eventually rank for those 
for those keywords. You know, we've we have not done any of the super URL type stuff that you hear out there, right. right? Like some people are still doing it. They say that it works. Um, whether it does or not, I'm not doing it currently. Um, all I'm doing is optimizing the listing like crazy, and then I'm just pushing sales. And then right now, because we've done that, and I'm actually tracking all this stuff in Splitly, um, you know, I can see that I'm ranking some of them on page one already, bottom of page one, for some of the keywords that I thought would have been really, really hard to rank for with only getting about, I don't know, eight to 12 sales a day. Um, but you're picking products like, and I, I want to highlight that because you're picking products, like you said earlier, base hits, mm-hmm. seven to 12 a day. Mm-hmm. It's not a hundred a day. Right. You know, you go after a hundred a day, man, you got to give away a heck of a lot of units, right? Oh yeah. At a discount. So, okay. So you, you got to, you're, you're going to give away seven to 12 units ish. You know, you would like to, in order to get there. And the other thing I want to highlight what you said is you're willing to take a loss in the beginning. Talk about that really quickly. Why, why is that important? Well, to understand. Yes. So if we think of it this way, if, if I wanted to build a brick and mortar store, Mm. I'm going to not just have, you know, marketing costs and inventory costs. I'm going to have costs and you have to have, you know, people there to man the store or, you know, you have to pay for a lease or, you know, electricity, all these other costs that you wouldn't have, you know, in a e-commerce Amazon business. So sure. because I have much fewer of those types of costs, um, you know, the it may just take a few weeks to get back up and and get profitable on that product. Whereas if I went the traditional brick and mortar store, it may take me two, three years before I start getting into black and um, actually being profitable. So it's amazing in this time we live in now, how quickly, if you really think about it, you know, even if it took you three months, to get a product profitable and to have sales really going that three months could then go on for years with very little work other than maybe just, you know, ordering more inventory. You can't totally just leave PPC um, going. You have to babysit it a little bit, but I mean, you could be babysitting it like once every two weeks just to make sure everything's on track. Um, So it's totally about the long game. Yeah, no, it, I agree with that. And I always use the analogy, if you did a grand opening for your store, you know, for a brick and mortar, mm-hmm. you would spend, you know, maybe a few thousand, maybe even 10,000. I had a guy actually at Seller Summit, he was at my round table oh, yeah. and he said he's, they, they've opened brick and mortar stores for years um, and they always allowed about 10 grand for a grand oh, opening. Oh, wow. 10 grand. Yes. You know what I mean? So... You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, it's just hard to wrap your head around that because you're thinking, I want to put a dollar in and get two back like tomorrow, but it's hard to understand that that's part of the process is that when you're, when you're, when you're doing a promo, you know, when you're doing a giveaway of some kind or a discount, you're, yes, you're not making the money that you'll make, but you're advertising the product in a sense. And it's going to take some time to get some momentum. Once you get into Amazon's algorithm and they start helping you and get, start giving you those that, you know, all of that love from frequently bought together, you know, purchased, you know, with this one or, uh, you know, this one is, uh, you know, a featured item or any of this stuff like that's going to start getting you more eyeballs. And that's when it can really start to to, to build up some momentum. Um, so I, I love that you have that mindset because it's a lot of people don't, you know, and it's totally true and you get it. 
And I just want other people to list, that are listening to understand that as well. It's not like a get rich quick thing. At no, all. no, it's definitely not get rich quick, but it is one of those things that, you know, once you get it up and running, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's amazing. Like I'm on vacation right now with family and, you know, yesterday we went on a deep sea fishing excursion, which you could argue is paid for by my business. And while I'm mm -hmm. on that boat, I'm making sales. I'm yeah. in the middle of the ocean doing absolutely nothing to drive sales, but yet they're still happening. And that doesn't mm. happen if you don't get to a point of getting the business up and running, priming the pump, you know, investing a little bit of money on the front end. But you know, one of the nice things is, is while you're investing money on PPC, possibly at a loss, you're still going to have organic sales start to trickle in. So it's yep. mitigating some of that loss. So you might look and see, oh my God, um, my A cost, the um, average cost of sales for uh, PPC might be over 100%. But don't freak out about that because you know over time you're going to get data and see, okay, certain keywords are better than others. So you can start you know taking some of them out, or you start putting more money towards the good keywords, and you know you're going to get to a point where sales start happening without you. And I think that is the true magic of the business is that as long as somebody can see the, the long-term vision of it and not get too caught up in the emotional head trash we all get and we all get it. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. But you know, as long as you can see that long-term vision, I mean, good things can happen. Yeah. No, I, I agree 100%. And, uh, it's, it's part of the process. And I, I think you're, I mean, even you and, you know, and I, you know, we're, we're still going to have ups and downs, but it's part of the process. But in that comes, you know, the wonderful thing of being able to have something run while you're, while you're not actually actively doing it. You know, like I said, I was away, um, you know, on a little family getaway for, uh, for five uh -huh. nights. And, uh, as I was there, there was a launch going on and yes, I have, you know, I have people helping me now with that, but it, at the same breath, I have a brand that I started that I don't have a ton of help with that I kind of just set and forget. And I actually kind of left that brand go for a, uh, a few different reasons, um, focusing on other things. And that thing's still generating sales every single day, every single month. Um, and, you know, I'm not really doing anything for it. It's just kind of set and forget. Yeah. I mean, I talk about, um, you know, Kindle books. I've done Kindle books in the past, right? I've got some Kindle books I did three years ago four years ago, mm -hmm. not even in this space or anything. And they're still bringing in some money. I mean, maybe a car payment, mm -hmm. right? But it's still coming on autopilot. I'm not doing anything. Um, so that's the beauty of it is creating an asset. I think that can live forever. Um, not even just forever, but it, it can, it can go for a long time. Um, and whether you want to push it and then again, do what I like to do and then start building a brand off of Amazon. Um, that's where I think you have true longevity. Mm -hmm. um, with just basing it on Amazon, it can become risky because we're, we're basing all of our, all of our, uh, you know, all of our chips, you know, that we put in are, are all on, on one table. We, we need to diversify. And I think you're already doing that by going to other, uh, other platforms and also other countries. Mm -hmm. Before we jump off, sure. how, how, how was that? How was that process and what market or what, what uh, country did you pick first um, and maybe we can just dig into that really quickly before we wrap up. Oh, sure. Not, not a problem at all. Um, so the first country I tried was Canada. 
just because okay. it's close. So, okay. um, now Canada, it's about one tenth the population of the U S so mm-hmm. it's been about one tenth the sales, but right. it, it's not like it's always stagnant flat. So yesterday was actually kind of a slow day for me on amazon.com whereas on amazon.ca. It was a little bit better than, um, Amazon us, which was kind of okay. unusual, but it helped mitigate, you know, the slower sales I had on amazon.com. Sure. Right. Cause I had this other marketplace that was making, you know, decent sales and sure. what, what I think trips a lot of people up and going to other countries is there's a little bit of an intimidation factor of, Oh, there's a, another country and they have different laws and, you know, there's mm-hmm. tax requirements and things of that nature. I mean, the nice thing is Amazon has a lot of resources for all their marketplaces of, okay, this is the government body you need to talk to. So in Canada, it's the CRA, the Canadian Revenue Agency, which is their version of the IRS. Um, Mm -hmm. And you have to um, register a non-resident importer license and most likely also have to get what's called GST, uh, which is, I think, goods and services tax, which is almost like their version of sales tax, except it's nationalized. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. you go through the CRA. But it, it's pretty simple. And then, you know, taking what I learned with Canada and then now going to the European marketplace and starting in the UK and, you know, basically getting my listings translated into German. And I'm planned by mm. Christmas being in all the um, European marketplaces because kind of. Once you're in the in Europe, you can start using the UK, for example, as a base of operations for the other marketplaces. Well, I was going to say because I mean, at that point now, you're you have to ship your product into multiple uh, checkpoints in a sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, you know, so for the UK, um, you and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably have one location that it gets shipped there, depending on what country you're shipping to at that point in time? Yes. So the way it works with value added tax now, I'm not an accountant. So someone is looking into this should definitely do their own research and probably talk to a professional. But for my situation, what I discovered was if I, um, if I imported everything into the UK and housed my inventory into the UK, um, I could start going into other countries and, until I reached certain sales thresholds in those other countries, I could sell in those marketplaces like Germany, for example, um, until I get to a certain threshold in sales, then I'll have to register for value added tax VAT in that country. But I don't have to do that yet. But when I get to the point of having to, um, register value added tax in Germany, I'll probably will need an accountant to, you know, help me specifically with Germany, but that's called a good problem to have because I will have achieved a certain uh, threshold of sales, which means profits too. Yeah. 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 No, that makes, that, that that makes total sense. I I think for anyone listening, it's, it's a matter of what, what is the easiest thing for you to do right now? Like I've got, I've got, you know, listeners that are, that are in the UK, right. And they're like, where do I, you know, where do I start? I'm like, wherever it's easiest Mm -hmm. for you. Right. Like, you know, for me, it's, you know, I'm in the States, so I'm going to start with dot com. Um, and I'm not saying it's hard for you to sell into the dot com system, but in the same breath, it's probably easier in your own country. So, um, you know, I just think for anyone starting out, 
start, number one. Number two, then figure out what's going to be the next place for you to either put this product or if you think that my next move is to launch two more SKUs in in the U.S., then do that. And then once you get a grasp on that, then you can move into these other marketplaces. Um, But I don't think there's a right or wrong. You know what I mean? I think that it's like for you, you were thinking to yourself, rather than me go out and have to find another product, maybe I can just go ahead and add it to these other these other platforms and not really have to do anything else other than just get them listed. Was that the thought process? Yes. I mean, the thought process was definitely I, I, just to get it up and going um, and start diversifying. So the mechanics aren't that different in, let's say, UK than they are in the US as far as like listing the product. You know, you just have to make sure that you're following slightly different rules as far as, you know, right. for that country. But they're not that hard to um, to figure out. And. I think what gets in the way of a lot of people starting out, and, and it kind of did a little bit with me, and I've had this go through my own head quite a bit, is um, you look at someone who's at a different level than where you're at and say, at least I was doing this, and say, well, oh my God, they're doing all these different things. I got to do all these different things. But they mm-hmm. didn't start doing all those different things. They just started with something. And so I think there's an analogy of, you know, we all just have to run our own race. And so, yeah. you know, there's always going to be people ahead and there's always going to be people who um, are behind. You know, even if you're just reaching, researching a product, there's someone else that's trying to figure out how to even do that. So yeah. always yeah, just yeah, keep yeah. moving forward. And I love the analogy of the book, The Compound Effect. Um, mm, love it. Oh, yep. yeah. Ever since you recommended that book, I mean, I probably listen to it three, four times a year on Audible. Oh, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great book. I mean, just whatever anyone in their own individual world thinks they need to do is their next step. Just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. It's, if it's adding products, add products. If it's going into another marketplace, go into another marketplace. If it's focusing more on eBay, it's focusing more on eBay. If it's focusing more on their own site, focus on their own site. And that's the beauty of this type of business is that you get to do whatever you want as long as you mm-hmm. just keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's, uh, that's great advice. And, uh, I think, uh, again, if anyone is listening and maybe new and haven't heard me talk about the compound effect book by Darren Hardy, definitely go grab that one. That one's a, a great book, uh, to have and to actually go through like, uh, like you said, Kevin, not just once, but you know, a few times a year because it's a good refresher. Sometimes you get in a little funk and you got to get, you know, you got to get back in check. Um, and that's, uh, and that, and that can definitely do it for you. Um, all right. I, I want to wrap up here, sure. but I want you to maybe just give anyone, you know, a little bit of advice. I mean, you kind of already did with a little bit of that stuff there, but like if someone's just starting out right now, um, or maybe even just talking to yourself, like, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, you right. know, and saying, you know, here's what you need to know, here's what you need to do and, and kind of moving forward that way. But what would you give yourself as far as advice? moving forward? Yeah, as far as advice, um, the, the key of it is, what do you need to do in this moment right now? I've had a lot of friends who have been very interested in doing something like this. And what I see happen over and over again, it seems, almost seems like the cycle of two weeks, doing a lot of research, and either start taking certain actions forward or start worrying about the wrong things. Like I don't have a business bank account in an LLC created yet. 
Mm. Well, you don't have to do that yet. So the the key is just believe in the process. And the process is find something that someone else wants. Mm. And if the numbers make sense, then start researching. Can you find somebody to work with you on this product? And don't be afraid to ask. If you go on Alibaba, yeah. a lot of times it'll say the MOQ is 3,000. And if you say, can you do 300, they'll say yes. Mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. a lot of time it's just smoke and mirrors what they put up there. So yeah, I think it depends on who you talk to. And sometimes they'll say, no, it's 3,000. And you say, okay, great. And that's not the right supplier for you. Right. But Right. If you just keep asking a bunch, you're going to find some that want to work with you that are reputable, that have been around for a long time, um, you know, and that, you know, there's suppliers that want to work with you probably more than you realize, um, especially when you first start out, because you always have this, at least I did, this feeling of like, oh, am I a real company yet or not? Well, as soon as you right. plant your flag and say, I'm doing this, you're a real company. Yeah, no, I agree. That's, uh, that's, that's some good advice right there. Um, and I know, like, I mean, just, again, going through the process, sometimes having that, you know, you feeling like you're, you're alone sometimes. That's why, I mean, our Facebook group, we've created for that reason, right? So this way here, you can, you can go there, you can lean on other people. Um, and I know, even like for me, like, I like to document my process. And I know that you're doing something similar to that. Um, maybe you can let people know how they can get in touch with you if they have any questions or anything like that and tell them a little bit about how you're starting to document your process. Oh, sure. You know, thank you. Um, so I, I believe in paying it forward and, you know, I, I cannot thank you enough, Scott, for, you know, all the great advice that you've put out there. And I feel like I'm at where I am now, um, which I, I know I still have a long ways to go, but I'm at where I am now because of, um, folks like you and you've had a big part in it. So what I wanted to do is, you know, put out some of the information that I learned along the way and see what I can do to help people. And so I've created a YouTube channel. It's called maximizing e-commerce. Um, so people can either go on YouTube and search maximizing e-commerce or go to maximizing ecommerce.com and it'll link to the YouTube channel. And I've got videos, um, where I share some of the things that I've learned along the way. Um, and, you know, they could shoot me an email um, or go into the comment section there. I highly recommend people, um, you know, in one way, shape or form, find other people, whether it's online or in person, that are doing this type of thing. Because there is just something to be said about being around others and soaking in that information. Mm, no, I love it. And yeah, I'll, I'll link that up in the show notes. So if anyone wants to go over well, and uh, leave you a comment or just go through and, um, and just kind of see some of your process and, and documenting it. And, uh, you know, I, I know there's actually another, uh, another, uh, girl that, um, she's been a listener for a while. She launched her product. I actually had her on the show. Um, and, and she actually did very, you know, something very similar. She's actually documenting it through a YouTube channel just as almost like an accountability thing, also mm. to kind of like almost like run a diary in mm-hmm. a sense to where you're documenting the process. Um, and, and I love it. I, I think that it also allows you to look back and see how far you've come, um, which is uh, which is really good. And then people get to follow along that journey with you. So yeah, definitely check out Kevin and his YouTube channel. I would definitely recommend that. And uh, Kevin, I just want to say thanks, man, for coming on and hanging out and also introducing yourself at Seller Summit. We had some good conversations definitely. there and 
uh, talking a little bit about your uh, referee stories <laughs> and, and all of that fun stuff. Because uh, I used to umpire. I told yeah, you that. I yeah. was an umpire for about three, four years uh, for... Uh, you know, they ranged between like 13 year olds up to about 17 year old mm-hmm. kids. And, um, you know, umpiring is a challenge. Uh, it can it's be. Fun, and uh, it's it is fun, man. But I'll tell you what, in baseball, like I was telling you in baseball, man, oh, sometimes the parents, they can get pretty brutal. Not even just the coaches. Um, yeah, at least the coaches but, know they could lose their job if they get too crazy. But the parents have no accountability. <laughs> No, none. The only thing you could do is ask the coach to ask him to leave, um, which I've had to do a few yeah. times. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's funny. And it was great talking to you to kind of trade some of those war stories yeah, um, on the field, even though I wasn't in football. I was in the baseball arena, but it's it's pretty close. Oh, it's very similar. Um, but yeah. But anyway, man, hey, enjoy the rest of your vacation. Thanks again for coming on and uh, keep me posted on all your progress. All right, man. Good deal. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. No problem. man. It's, it's been fun. Take care. All right, so there you have it. Not a traditional way of getting started, right? Taking a little bit of a different approach. And what I mean by that is sitting there thinking to themselves for maybe a year or two or three, I want to get started in this online game. I want to be able to to go ahead and maybe start my own business and and starting to go down that road and then just be kind of confused and then saying like, well, wait a minute, I I see this Amazon thing as as a great way to get started. Let me go ahead and see if I can get started. Well, I've got to raise some money because I don't want to take money maybe out of my savings. I just want to kind of start it with some working capital that I create as a side hustle. So he was already doing football, refereeing, and he said, you know what, I'm going to take this whole season's worth of earnings and I'm going to focus that in on my private label business and he got started but he also got started by selling something online proving that the concept worked and then that also got him some momentum it also gave him some proof that he can do it and that's why I love love this story so guys hopefully this helped you motivated you inspired you but also gave you some things that you can do right now to get started one of those things you can do is if you are stuck and you want to get started, or you want to raise some capital quickly, you can head over to 1kfasttrack.com. That is a course we created to do exactly that, to actually dip your toe in the Amazon water or the online selling waters, and uh, for you to kind of get some proof that you can do this too, and then also build up a little bit of a fund to help support your private label business. So if you're interested in that, head over to 1kfasttrack.com. You'll find all the details there. Very affordable to get started. All the training is there. And we have a seven-day challenge that our students are going through. And that seven-day challenge, for a lot of them, is earning them money to actually validate, but then also get started in this business. So definitely go check that out. One last thing before I let you go, the show notes to today's episode can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 389. Again, all the transcripts, the links, all the goodies can be found there. And also, if you want to get in touch with Kevin, his contact information will be there and the link to his YouTube channel. All right, guys, so that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.